for the good testimony of what the Lord has done in changing your life. I bless the Lord. He's in the life-changing business, and he'll change your life if you'll let him this morning. I promise you he will. Not only will he, but he can. You say, preacher, I am in a hopeless situation. Can the Lord help me? He can. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read to you this morning one of the most hopeless situations in all of your Bible. One of the most helpless individuals in all of your Bible. Uh, as bad as a man could get, in my personal opinion, uh, uh, I, I guess you could say uh, the, the individual we're about to read about this morning uh, has hit rock bottom. Uh, and he found where it's at. A lot of folks have said, I hit rock bottom. And maybe they did, but most folks didn't get anywhere close to where this man got. Uh, and if anybody could say, I found rock bottom, uh, this man in Gadara, uh, the Bible uh, uh, speaks of him as uh, possessed of devils. Uh, he has hit rock bottom. But Jesus knows where rock bottom is. I'm going to run that one by you again. Jesus knows where rock bottom is. Hallelujah to God. That felt pretty good. Jesus knows how to get to rock bottom. And the Lord Jesus knows how to, do, how to deliver men and women from rock bottom. Amen. Let's stand. We'll read a couple of verses this morning. Mark chapter 4. We need to read this just for the sake of context. Verse 35. This is not a good morning to have forgotten my hanky, but I did. Uh, Mark chapter number 4, verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Notice that when the even was come. When, when the evening was coming on, the Lord said, let's get in the boat and let's go over to the other side. And when they had sent away, the, and, 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 and that's significant because of what we're about to read. Uh, no doubt if you were a disciple, it's already getting dark. Jesus said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. He knows where they're headed. He knows what's coming. They have no idea. Verse 36, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Not only is it dark now, but now there's a storm, and the storm is raging, and the disciples are on this boat with the Lord Jesus, and he's asleep uh, in, the, in the boat. Uh, verse 38, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, here's why he said, let's go to the other side. Uh, in the dark, 
uh, in the night, in a storm, we've got somewhere to go uh, to the other side, to a isolated corner, an isolated area where Jesus knew one individual was gonna be. Can I make this announcement to you this morning? I hope I'll get several good amens right here. Jesus will go out of his way to find a sinner. Jesus will go out of the route plan. As a matter of fact, he'll just change the route altogether to go get one individual who is lost and in need of a savior. Did anybody believe the Lord Jesus went out of his way to get you? Come find you where you were this morning. Verse one, and they came over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Let's notice the description of this man this morning who had his dwelling among the tombs. Uh, And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been... Uh, often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountain and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. I, I don't know that I ever really paid attention to verse 5. We know he's a wild man. He's an uncontrollable man. He's a man at rock bottom. He's the epitome of how far sin can take you. Uh, if, if you think you can handle it this morning, if you think you can handle sin, you can't handle it. This is, this is as, nearly as bad as it gets, the situation this man is in. But the Bible says he's crying. And somewhere there in the middle of all of, uh, all of that confusion, in the middle of all of that wickedness, there's moments of knowledge that, my goodness, there's got to be something better than this. Uh, I'm all alone, I'm in a graveyard, I'm, 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 I'm harming myself, I'm inflicting pain upon myself and I don't even want this. And he's crying and cutting himself. I'm, I'm, I, I want to say to you this morning, I'm so glad the Lord Jesus sees our tears. And not just the tears of his saints or just the tears of his servants, but he sees that sinner's tears. I, I believe them tears hit the ground and uh, God, the Holy Ghost, came to Jesus and said, <laughs> there's a man over there all by himself. He's full of devils and the world has written him off and there is nobody that can help him in this world. But you can and I want you to come. Hallelujah this morning. And the Lord Jesus, moved by the Holy Ghost of God, got in the boat and went, went over to the other side where he was. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse number, what verse are we in? Verse six. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? How did he know it was Jesus? Those devils knows that it's Jesus. The Bible teaches us that the devil believes and trembles. And when these devils that possess this man recognized Jesus coming across the, 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 the sea there, they recognized him, they run to him. And uh, they say, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Don't give us what's coming to us right now. Don't, 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 don't cast us into the lake of fire. Don't, don't cast us aside right now. 
Verse 8, for he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. It might have something to do this morning, a good possibility with, uh, with, with, with a lot of the uh, uh, multi-personalities of people, people with seven, eight different personalities. Uh, we, the, he, the, the, the devils are speaking from the man for the man. Speaking from the man for the man and they're speaking in a plural context. We are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nine to the mountains a great herd of swine feeding and all the devils besought him saying send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country and they went out to, to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion. And here's how he looks when they see him the next time. He's sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. Isn't that, one, isn't that amazing how, isn't it wonderful what the Lord can do for someone, but isn't it amazing that that's what they're afraid of? Not the man in the grave, not the man in the tomb uh, stone, or in the, in the tombs or in the graveyard, not the man cutting himself and crying and lashing out and breaking chains, but the man that's now seated and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it, told them how it befell him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. They began to pray him to, to depart out of their coasts. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. How be it, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. I know it's several verses. I appreciate you standing. You can be seated this morning. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. Lord, I, I pray, God, would you help me please this morning for a moment as we try our best to preach it. God, give us, uh, give us what we need. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, you know how I feel this morning. God, give me strength, I pray. Lord, thank you this morning uh, for what you've done. Thank you for for the miracles, Lord, that we've witnessed and the lives that we've seen changed. God, thank you this morning. You've been so kind, so gracious, so good. Lord, we love you in Christ's name. Make preaching what it's supposed to be. Amen. Amen. I, I am interested this morning in this man that we call the demoniac of Gadara. And I'm interested in him in this uh, light or in this view of him in the fact that Jesus, and I, I, I made mention of it a moment ago, went out of his way to come to where he was. Uh, brought his disciples uh, across the sea uh, into a storm, into the night, just to come to where this man was all alone, all by himself, uh, in this uh, position uh, of life, 
uh, that you could say is no doubt rock bottom. Let, let, let that be a warning this morning uh, that you and I do not possess the ability to handle our sin. Uh, our sin actually uh, handles us and when we are left to ourselves, we produce uh, 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 a, a, a life uh, that, that, that is uh, bound to uh, end up uh, uh, in ways like this. Yours might not end up this bad, but the one coming after you, theirs might end up that bad. It is a downward slope uh, a life of sin. It affects me, it affects those around me, it affects you, it affects those around you. Uh, when we find this man, he is the epitome of about as bad as it can get. Uh, Mary Magdalene, uh, the Bible says that she was possessed of seven devils. Jesus healed her, Jesus saved her and changed her life. This man, the Bible says, his name was Legion. And if my memory serves me right, and correctly, that is 6,000. Legion is 6,000 devils. When, 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 the, when, the, when, when Jesus delivered this man uh, uh, of the devils, they went into the swine, uh, into the swine and all those swine, uh, I think if I'm remembering right, I read all of it, but, but my, my brain's foggy this morning. Uh, I think if I remember right, uh, uh, 2,000 swine run off the hill. Uh, possessed of these devils. That is a lot of power uh, to move a whole lot of animals uh, and those were indwelling this man of Gadara. Uh, he was out of control. Uh, he was uncontrollable. Uh, he was unrestrainable uh, and he was uh, a rock bottom almost to the point of, of not even not even being human-like. Uh, that's as bad as it can get. Uh, maybe it can get worse, but it's not going to get much worse and you still be alive. He is uh, the extreme condition of the wages of sin and still being alive. It will get worse, but it's hell. It will get worse, but it's the lake of fire. It will get worse, but it's eternity in hell. But in this life, I mean, how much worse can it be? Lost everything you have, living a life of homelessness in a graveyard, cutting yourself, marking yourself, uh, breaking chains, uh, uh, superhuman strength that comes from devils that run pigs off into the ocean when they get into them, uh, uh, and all of that controlling your life. You say, preacher, it sounds like a fairy tale. Go to downtown Augusta, you'll see it this morning. Uh, it's everywhere. Uh, I, 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 I think this morning, and you, you, can, you can go to Waynesboro, you can go to Augusta, you can go to Girard, you can go anywhere, you can go in the city or in the country and you will find somebody hooked on something so bad that they have lost control of their mind, they've lost control of their functions, they've lost control of their life, they are being controlled by a substance, they are being controlled by a, uh, by a spirit 
Isn't that funny that everybody goes down to the uh, red dot store to buy spirits? Uh, this man is, is, is where it ends up. Uh, and it's bad. Uh, the description of him uh, is that he's in the tombs. Uh, he's a Jew. He's the son of Gad. The Gadarenes were Jewish. Uh, they were, they were, they were uh, one of uh, 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 Israel's 12 sons, uh, the Gadarenes. And uh, he is uh, not, and according to their Jewish custom, uh, to touch something dead would make them unclean and defiled. He's not welcome in society. He is unclean. He is defiled. He is out of his mind. Uh, he is marked. He is uh, uh, he is uh, uncontrollable. And, and, and I thought about it. Say, the Bible said that they bound him in chains, but no man could bind him. He broke those chains. Uh, you ever you ever watched? And I'm not trying to you know get into all of this this morning. I really want to get to the fact that Jesus came to him. I'm just trying to paint the picture of how bad the situation was and make it relevant to you and I today that we see this thing. You ever uh, you ever you ever watch somebody? Uh, 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 they have videos of it. I, uh, I've heard people tell about it. I've seen some of the videos of it uh, that 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 they would tase an individual who was strung out on some kind of drug. They tase them and they couldn't take them down. And seven police officers couldn't get them down because of the the the, the drugs running through their system and the and the, the superhuman strength that they had because of that. Uh, that 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 is this man. They would tie him up. They would bind him up. Uh, they would uh, 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 put chains on him. Uh, and these devils were so strong in his life, they would break the chains that had him bound. Uh, I'm glad Jesus is a chain breaker. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. According to the word of God, the devil is as well. Jesus is a different kind of chain breaker. But the devil is as well. It is bad, this boy's situation, or this man's situation. When we find him at the end, he's seated and clothed and in his right mind. I guess the opposite of being clothed is naked. He's naked, he's uncontrollable, he's unrestrainable, he's isolated. Uh, he's living his life. Uh, uh, in a graveyard because he has no ability to live with mankind. They have, and, and, and you can't blame them. Uh, don't get too mad at them. You can't blame them for the fact that they can't live with him anymore. I'm sure somebody really loves him and somebody tried, but they get to a point where there's nothing else that I can do for you. Are y'all with me this morning? And so... You do what you got to do, but I, I can't help. And so he's isolated. I read behind one man who wrote this several years ago. I thought it was interesting and said that he is the walking dead. Now, I've never seen any of that, and if you have, that's between you and the Lord. Uh, but I will say this this morning. Uh, uh, there, there are some things that Hollywood comes up with uh, that they get from real life stuff.
the walking dead is what was described as this man. He's just really just dead, but he's alive. And his life is over, but he's still alive. Uh, depressed, discouraged, uh, uh, isolated. Uh, uh, um, I mean, what, what other words can you, could you think to describe this man crying in the graveyard at night by himself, cutting himself? Uh, without going into too much detail this morning, uh, again, I would say that, that there are people that has uh, or there are devils that have control and influence in people's lives, but to what extreme uh, may differ. Uh, but this man is the extreme. You see that this morning. He is the extreme. And yet, I find that Jesus came to him. Jesus came to this um, graveyard on purpose. Do you know what that does this morning? That, that, number one, if you're sitting in here and you've got a lot of problems and you don't think that you know how to get over them, Jesus came to you on purpose. Number two, that gives hope to everybody in here who's got a son or a daughter or a grandchild or a husband or a wife that is hopeless and helpless. Jesus can help them. There is nobody helpless that's alive right now. They're, if they're still breathing this morning, they are help. Uh, they are. Uh, they have the ability by God to be helped by God. They are uh, not without hope. But I want to. I want to not just encourage you this morning of those in your life that you're praying for, but I want to remind you this morning of what was possible, but what Jesus did for you. Three things quickly this morning. I will give them to you quickly. Uh, I can. I can feel uh, my my head cold getting worse as I preach. I'm gonna stay up here. It's not COVID or nothing like that. Uh, it's just a head cold. You remember life? You used to get those before COVID. <laughs> You know, just a head cold. Uh, I'll stay up here. Uh, let me give you these three things this morning. Number one, Jesus came to this man to end a cycle. Jesus came to this man to end a cycle. You say, preacher, what, what is it that you mean by end a cycle? Uh, uh, here's, here's what I mean and we find it in verse number 1 chapter number 5 the Bible said and they came over into the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes and it is in the country of the Gadarenes that they find this man who is a son of a son of a son of a son who is a son of Gad and if you remember this morning that uh, Israel, way, 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 way back in the Old Testament, uh, were to go over. Uh, they come out of Egyptian bondage. They wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. And Joshua uh, took over command, and they were to go over the Jordan River. They were to uh, uh, leave the wilderness, go over the Jordan River into the land of Canaan. And before they did that, uh, the tribe of Reuben, Reuben and his family, 
uh, and the tribe of Gad and all of his family said, you know, we like it on this side of the, of, of, of the Jordan River. Y'all can have all of Canaan. You can have all of the promised land. You can have all of the blessings of God. We are content to stay right here. Now, we don't want to go back to Egypt. We, we, we don't want to go back to that old life, but we don't want to go over into the promised land that God has given the nation of Israel. How many folks live right there? We don't want to go back to that life, but we don't want to go forward to this life either. Let us just live in our comfort. Let us just live uh, uh, and just really leave us alone. We'll help you uh, if you need help, but just leave us alone uh, to do what we want to do. Is anybody hearing me this morning? So they stayed. They went over into Canaan and helped fight the battles for Israel. And as soon as the battles were over, they went back across the river and they lived outside of the promised land of God. They lived outside of Canaan. And it is now generation after generation after generation after generation. And they have produced a young man that is living this life of demon possession. A young man that has finally found rock bottom. And I will not say this morning that all of his problems are somebody else's fault. I will not say this morning that he can point his finger and say you and you and you and you because at some point we must take ownership for the fact that we have made our decisions that have caused us to have some of the heartache that we've had. But I will say this to you this morning. I hope you'll hear what I'm about to say. We are are influenced by the people who brought us into this life and brought us along in this life. And most of the time, if, if it's bad, there's a long line of a cycle of bad. Y'all hearing me this morning? You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever see somebody that's messed up? We deal with it all the time, school, church, ministries. I mean, their life is, is messed up. And they, 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 they come to us as children, and uh, just sweet, man. I mean, little kids, they don't know, you know, they don't know. They don't even know how messed up it is. But five, six, seven years old, you start to hear things. And you think, man, this is not going to be good. But they're just sweet and they're innocent and they're loving and they're caring and they want to they learn about the Lord. They want to they they grow. And, 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 but they're living in hell on earth at the house. And, 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 and that little child, you let them get to a 10, 11, 12, and they begin to change. You let them get 13, 14, 15, 16, and it's amazing what they know. It's amazing how hard their heart gets. It's amazing the things that they say, the things that they welcome into their life. And by the time that they're grown, they are every bit as bad as the problem that they come from. Or maybe, and a lot of times, they are worse than the problem that they come from. The problem that they come from pales in comparison to the problem that they now are. Is anybody hearing me this morning? There is an endless
vicious cycle of bad producing bad. And before you get too high and mighty, we're all sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. But when you take a whole lot of problems and you let them produce children, they only make more problems more. And I'm not saying children are problems. You understand? But I'm saying that there is a cycle cycle I dare say this morning that you could take every one of us and you could go back and and some of you would only be one generation back maybe your parents they were Christians but everybody in here you say preacher I had nobody in my life that knew the Lord but if you could go back one or two or three generations you'd find people back there that knows God may not be alive anymore but they knew the Lord. They prayed. They walked with God. It is not far removed from any of us this morning, people that knows God, people that experienced revival, people that lived their life in the presence of God. Is anybody hearing me this morning? But you let... Bad decisions apart from the will of God come into your life and it is, it is almost uncanny how that it will live out on repeat generation after generation after generation after generation. Cycles. I don't know if this man was married. I don't know if this man has children. I do know this much. The Bible says in Matthew's gospel uh, or Mark's gospel, go to thy friends uh, and to thy home. Uh, uh, in Matthew's gospel, it says go to thy house. I believe it's Matthew's gospel or Luke's gospel, go to thy house. So he had a house, he had a home, he had friends. I don't know if he had a wife, I don't know if he had children. Uh, but, but, and, and I don't know about his parents, but I know that he had parents. But no doubt he is a part of a cycle more than likely. I'm trying to move past this morning this thought, but I want you to to see the cycle. Uh, Broken homes. And you know, I don't have to even announce this to you this morning because you know my heart. I've been your pastor for 15 years. You know what I think God can do with broken homes. He can mend them. He can make them right. He can help me right there. But kids who grow up without a father or a mother are more inclined to raise kids who grow up without a father or a mother. It's just the way it is. Kids whose parents were hooked on alcohol are more likely to grow up and be hooked on alcohol than those who were not. I'm not trying to give you statistics this morning. I'm just trying to tell you we repeat the cycle. Uh, uh, young people without a dad and a dad or a father is crucial and I'm not just talking about someone who helped get you in this world I'm talking about someone who loves you and teaches you and trains you and lives in your home with you uh, and disciplines you A, a young person without a father will grow up and probably produce children without one 
Young person without a mother that's there, that's invested, that cares, will not know what the love of a mother is, will not know what the genuine care of a mother is, and will have a very hard time producing that, and more than likely will repeat the cycle. It is just on repeat. Has anybody seen the repeat cycle? Just over and over and over and over and over again. But then one day, Hallelujah to God. Jesus gets in a boat, comes across the water, comes over to the other side right in the middle of the night and said, I want you to know I came to end this cycle in your life. <laughs> oh my. I'm glad for the day that Jesus ended some cycles in my life. What was given me is not what I've got to give. What was left to me is not what I've got to leave. What was handed down is not, by the grace of God, what I have to hand down this morning. I always get excited when I think about my wife's dad's testimony. Of course, I have my own, but... I love this one as well. His, her daddy was a, his, my wife's father's dad was a truck driver. He was on the road, absent most of the time. His mother was uh, a difficult woman to say the least. In the bars, fights, uh, hard life. Uh, he gives a testimony of times he defended his siblings from his, from his mother's abuse, had to stand between them as his mother tried to abuse them, had to do his uh, homework and, 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 and uh, 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 schoolwork in, 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 in places of ill repute because his mom liked to drink and, and uh, all of that grew up and uh, a hippie and uh, smoked pot and long hair and, and uh, living in, in sin uh, and, and no doubt would have been the same cycle because that's what sin produces. It produces sin. No doubt it would have passed down to her uh, uh, and, and, and then to her children. And, and, but oh, thank God, one day Jesus got in the boat. One day Jesus came to where he was and saved him. And because he saved him, it ended a cycle. There are people here this morning, Brother T.J. stood up a minute ago and testified about where he would have been, but now you've got a grown son and a grown daughter and they would have been with you. And that's what you all would have been doing and a grandbaby that would have been doing that. But this morning we're in church. This morning we're praising the Lord. Why? Because Jesus comes to end cycles. He can get you off a repeat what everybody's been doing before you and everybody that comes after you can say I come from a long line of folks who had it messed up but one day God saved my mama <laughs> one day God saved my daddy your kids can grow up one day and say, hey, I would have been doped out. I would have been drugged out. I would have been messed up. But Jesus saved my daddy. Jesus saved my mama. And when he did, he saved my life. Amen. Anthony, I believe with all of my heart 
that there's going to be some little one running around one day. And they're going to say, what my family was doing down in Gerard was messed up. But one day my daddy, hallelujah, one day my daddy came to church at the invitation of a friend. And more than him coming to church, he came to Jesus and God born again. And because of that, I've never known. I grew up in a Christian school, grew up in a church. I believe with all my heart that'll be some little one's testimony one day. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna get any further past this, but I'm glad Jesus came to end the cycle. Is anybody in here this morning glad that he ended a cycle in your life? And there's a, there's a new cycle now. Amen. Somebody say, well, I, I, I come from a long line of, of the bad stuff, but now we've been generation after generation after generation of in the house of God, reading our Bible, going to church, living for God. God did not just come to end the cycle. He come to make a new cycle. Amen. Come to end the cycle. Come to execute a change. What no one else could do, Jesus not only could do, he did do. As he executed this change in this man. When they come to him again and they see him, Bible said, and they come to Jesus, Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Where's the chains? No need for chains anymore. These folks, they come to church. And, and I'm glad they do. If they hang around long enough, God can deliver them. But they they got chains of probation. Hey, I'm on probation. What are you on probation? Well, I got in trouble here, and I got, got probation, and I got this lingering court date. And, uh, I mean, that's change, you know. Of course, people break them chains. Good ways and bad ways. Some of them break them because they're lawbreakers, and some of them the Lord breaks them when they don't need them anymore. But I, I come to, if I preach, won't you help me pray? I got probation. If I if I get in trouble again, I'm I'm, I'm in prison, man. And I got I got uh, I got this court date, and I got this warrant here, and I got I got this, and I got this, and I got this, and that sounds to me like a whole lot of chains bound change can I tell you something this morning I just mean I just let's just let me talk to you that is no way to live no way to live bound in chains where are these chains now see when Jesus gets a hold of your life Jesus gets a hold of your life, he can loose you from all them chains. 
Lester Olaf said, everybody that comes to his boys' homes and girls' homes, when he said when he was alive, he said, every one of them is on probation, and they're all scared to death of probation. He said, y'all give, I don't care, give me probation. Uh, he said, I, I'll live with probation. And, and they all looked at him. He said, when you ain't planning on doing nothing wrong, it don't matter. Amen. The only people that's scared of probation is folks that's afraid they're about to break it. He said, sign me up. Where do you sign up? I'll go on probation. I don't know why I'm preaching this this morning like this. Chains. But they're gone. Notice his clothes. He's clothed. No longer naked. No longer in rags. He's clothed. And his countenance He's seated and in his right mind. Why? Because Jesus came. I'm going to tell you something this morning. Jesus did not come to make you feel better about your mess. Jesus did not come to pat you on the back and say you're okay in your mess. Jesus did not come all the way through this storm, all the way across this sea, all the way into this dark graveyard uh, to pat you on the back and say, hey, I just want you to know I care about you and then get back in the boat and go to the other side and leave you in the graveyard like you are. Jesus did not come over there uh, to, to, to uh, make him feel bad for himself. He did not come over there so he could wallow in pity. He did not come over there so he could blame himself his daddy and his mama. He came over there so that boy could get out of there. He came over there so that Jesus could change his life. And if you've ever met Jesus, I'll tell you one thing he did. He changed your life. Come to get you out. There's enough so-called churches in America today that will put up a tent on the other side of Gennesaret and, and, and make a soup kitchen there and feed this boy and, 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 and take care of him uh, uh, and tell him that it's everybody else's fault and hook him up on painkillers and the truth of the matter is he'll live the rest of his life and die there thinking that him and Jesus is all right. But honey, I'm glad, thank God, Jesus got in the boat, went over there so that boy didn't have to live there anymore. He he could go home clothed and in his right mind by the grace of God. He came to end the cycle. He came to execute change. And he came lastly this morning to employ a convert. Verse number 18, And when he was coming into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him, that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Something interesting that I find here this morning. This man was able to go home 
so different that Jesus was not worried about him going home. And said, I want you, when you get there, to tell all of them about me. Jesus come across this sea this night to end the cycle. Jesus come across this sea this night to execute a change. Moved with compassion for this poor boy. And oh, what a change he made. <laughs> oh, what a change he made. But Jesus come across this sea. Come to where this boy was to employ a convert. So now you've been living your life under the control of them devils. How about you change leadership? And you live your life for me. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and I want you to tell all that you've learned from me, all that I've done for you, to everybody who will listen. I want you to tell them Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. When I see this about this boy, I realize that he's a lot like me. Not only for him did the Lord end the cycle, but for me he ended the cycle. Not only for him did he execute a change, but for me he executed a change. And not only for him did he employ a convert, but for me, I want you to go and tell what I have done for you. That's what God saved you for this morning. Give him glory in the tale what he's done for you. I want you to come to the piano. I'm done preaching. Would you be willing to let God end the cycle in your life? I mean, right now this morning, that long line of the same old stuff, God could change it today. Would you be willing this morning for God to so change your life that you'll never be the same? If you call on him, he'll do that. And if he does, God didn't save you just for you to sit on that pew and grumble about how hard life is. God didn't save you so you can sit on that pew and talk politics or baseball. And there's probably not much wrong with talking baseball, probably nothing wrong with talking baseball. You probably depress yourself talking politics. God saved you so you could go tell where you work, where you go to school, where your family's at. You could go tell at the gas station, the grocery store, everybody that you run into. When you see that one that is messed up and you see them and remember, that was me. That was me with that hair. That was me with that complexion. That was me with that countenance. That was me with that can. That was me with that drug. That was me with that filthy mouth. That was me with that harmful attitude but what happened to me can also happen to them let me tell you about the day I met a man who changed me go to work for the Lord if 
pays to serve him. Lord, thank you this morning for helping me. You gave me the strength I needed. I thank you. I bless your lovely name. Now help us as we respond to the preached word of God. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Let's stand.